No Bull, powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome into the Monday edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Chris Schubert, Sean Crespin here with you on a Monday. It's Super Bowl week. I can see I can see the glow in Sean Crespin's eye. He was sad yesterday doing Noble Live because we didn't have any real football games to talk about this morning. We hop on here, we do our prep, we get ready for the show. There's just a there's just a different glow it's game about week, Sean maybe here on the show. He feels he, yeah. you know, he's he's excited. There's there's a big game on Sunday. I just, it just felt yeah. different when we started the, the, show the football fan in me. Super stoked. It's Super Bowl week. You kidding me? Uh, the awesome. Raider fan in me is like, damn, the, the tuck rule and the Chiefs. Oh, no, go, no, but, you, no you're go Bucks all the way. You're but, go oh, yo, way. absolutely. I'm go Bucks all the way. I'll, I'll go, what am I going to do? Be sad that Tom Brady won a Super Bowl after you know, his seventh? No, I'm good. Uh, but the, yeah, the football fan in me is, um, yeah, we're ready to go, man. This is a good week. And it's, it's, I will say it's a little weird. You you have experience doing it. I also have experience doing it. Being at the Super Bowl, being on Radio Road, doing things and events surrounding the Super Bowl. It's a little yeah. weird to just it be is. sitting here in the comfort of our own home covering the Super Bowl. It's weird. I'm going to yeah. be taking part in the virtual Radio Row for some stuff this week, and it's just weird. It's you just have to a let weird me know feel. how it goes because usually Radio Row, Monday, Tuesday, super slow as people start to get into town. Wednesday picks up a little bit, and Thursday and Friday are effing chaos, and it's and it's amazing. So you have to let me know how it goes as I'm sitting here in Gilbert. I'll yeah. you know, keep you updated on uh, on how the virtual radio row goes for some yep. of the other projects I work on. Okay, we got a jam-packed show, a lot of football news to get into. We'll talk about the Cardinals as well here on the program. Some golf controversy. Listen, it, I, I, I watched all the golf this week and looked like I looked like Sean Crespo was out there playing with some of the cheating that was going on. So we will get into that here. Sean, hit the music. Let's tell everybody what is in the lead on a program on a Monday. What's wrong with the foot wedge? This is the one they're talking about. <laughs> All right, we'll get into your your foot wedge there in a minute. Don't you worry. Just put that aside for just a second. But we do have to talk about the big story. We talked about it yesterday on Noble Live. By the way, if you if you haven't watched that show, if you're not taking part in that live with us, what's wrong with you? What this you Sunday, super edition of Noble Live. Sean's gonna have multiple prop bets for cash in with Crest, we will get you ready, give you the best recipes for the Super Bowl. I don't know. We'll come up with something to make this a big super edition of Noble Live on Sunday. But we talked about this yesterday. Matt Stafford, he is off to the Los Angeles Rams. And Sean, there's a lot of layers on this onion that I think we can feel back. But I think where I immediately went to here is a team, and I'm going to bring, bring you a little fancy statistic here, a team that was 10th in offensive DVOA last year, oh, just God. added Matt Stafford to their team. The Rams are going to be very good next year. I put them in that tier as co-favorites in the NFC with the Bucks. You can do all your DVO, nine or fives, analytical stats there. All I look at is turnover, 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 turnover. Four-game stretch of 10 turnovers he had. Cut that. It was very much like the Bucks addition by subtraction when they got the 30 interceptions out of the way <laughs> with Jameis and you brought in Tom Brady. You know, you're already going to be out in front. Uh, Matt Stafford, I, I really doubt you'll see the turnover issues that Jared Goff had. And that was really the big deal. That was, that was the big issue, right? I mean, you had Sean McVay was, he wasn't there when they drafted him, but he was there when they made a Super Bowl run and then gave him the giant contract, Jared Goff. So there, at one time, he thought he was the quarterback that was going to be able to run his offense and do it at a high level. I started to go away the last couple of years and most of it had to do with turnovers. So your DVOA nine or five stats... You know, they can be what they want to be. What it really boils down to is just the way Jared Goff is turning the football over, sloppy with it. Um, you know, Matt Stafford brings a better arm, 
opens up the offense, things that that McVay can do a little bit. So it's an improvement for sure. And I don't need DVOA nine or five stats to tell me that. And this will be the best offensive coach that Matt Stafford will have had. This will be the best offensive group that Matt Stafford has had in his career. And oh, by the way, their defense was pretty good last year as Number well. They do have some cap situations. The NFL. Yes. They do have some fourth in defensive DVOA. They do have some cap situations that they necessarily need to uh, to work out to make their roster work for next year. But Sean, I will leave you with this before we transition to another layer of this onion. This, this comes from a buddy of mine on Twitter. The Rams spent two ones, two twos, and two threes to trade up to draft Jared Goff. And then another two ones and a three to replace him after five seasons. So all in for Jared Goff, both the drafting and the then shipping out of Jared Goff. Five, excuse me, four first round picks, two second round picks, and four, excuse me, three third round picks. Well, that's a lot of draft capital. That is an awful lot of draft capital. But, you know, I gave you the stat last week as well. Since 2017, no quarterback has won more games than Jared Goff. So they're doing something right. They made a Super Bowl appearance. You know, they were in that game in the fourth quarter in that Super Bowl. Is, I think everybody, I was I was in the game based on the, the lack of scoring in that particular Super Bowl. But the, um, you know, so they did something right. This is just a franchise that doesn't yeah. value first round picks clearly because they haven't had one for the last couple of years and they're not going to have one for a few more. So They, dra- uh, they but- drafted Jared Goff in 2016 or 2015 and they haven't picked in the first round since and they won't pick into the first round until 2024 at the earliest. Now they could trade for a pick, but they don't own a pick right now currently in the first round until then. Yeah, whatever. I mean, they have the number one defense in the league and they have an offense that I think is going to, at this point, taking a few strides forward and this is going to be a team that I think many will have as their NFC favorite going into next season. Okay, another layer to this is we're, is we're kind of getting some breadcrumbs here. Albert Brio had a really nice piece uh, talking about some of the other trade packages that other teams had offered uh, the Rams, uh, excuse me, the Lions for Matt Stafford. Uh, Carolina threw pick eight in there. Washington had pick 19. Other bunch of teams called. So the quarterback market is, is heating up. But Sean, do you know who the Rams called? before maybe they made this deal with Matt Stafford. They called another team in the NFC North, and no, they did not call the Minnesota Vikings about Kirk Cousins, and no, they didn't call the Chicago Bears about Nick Foles. They called the Green Bay Packers about Aaron Rodgers, and Green Bay was like, not happening. We're good. I told me, I mean, I think you and I are both on the same page. When when, when the press conference heard around the world had people talking like Aaron Rodgers wanted to be gone out of Green Bay, it's like, dude, they're, they won 13 games each of the last two years. He's got three years left on his contract. Why the hell would they trade him? And after Aaron Rodgers calms down, or in his words, relaxes, right? You can spell it out. Um, Why would either one of them want to move on? It made no sense whatsoever. So, no, it's not surprising they reached out. It's also not surprising that the Green Bay Packers said, nah, man, we're good. Go ahead and call someone else. All right, we got to get to the controversy involved, Sean, because Patrick Reed finds himself in it once again, and, and it was not because he used the Sean Crespin foot, foot wedge. wedge. No, no, he didn't use the foot wedge. No, no. So for the, I'm not going to bore you with the details of this, but he's playing in the the uh, I think it's the Farmers Open uh, in this past weekend, and he hit a shot during his third round, and it went left coming out of a bunker. He hit the fairway bunker, and he hit it left. And on the ca- on the on the broadcast, you clearly saw it bounce once, and then bounce it, and then land in a hole. And as he's walking up, he asked his two playing partners, hey, did you see it bounce? 
They both said no. He asked the volunteer when he walked up to the volunteer, did you see it bounce? And you can clearly hear the PGA Tour has put this on their official Twitter account, the exchange between Patrick Reed and everybody involved on 10. You hear the volunteer go, no, I didn't see it bounce. No, I didn't see it bounce. So this ball is now lying there. Patrick Reed then takes said ball, looks around at it for a little bit, takes that ball and moves it and calls for a rules official to come over. He wants embedded relief. So you, in, in golf, you get relief. You get free relief if your ball is, imbe is embedded, if it breaks the plane of the ground. But you don't get it if it bounces. Now, everybody involved said they didn't see it bounce, so that's how they operate. The, the rules official came over, was a little confused as to why this golf ball had been moved. He put his fingers down in there to see if it broke <laughs> he said he said it did break it did break the plane so you get relief now All meanwhile right. patrick reed has kind of already started the process of this so i don't know if it broke the plane after he took the ball out right you don't we don't know when when it quote unquote broke the plane but the rules official was completely confused as to why uh th this was the case and then afterwards patrick reed gets interviewed about it and he says these weird things about you know i asked the volunteer and she said no it didn't bounce not what she said. You clearly hear her on the tape say, I didn't see it bounce. So Patrick Reed, a little, little twisting of some words here. But kind it's of, the same know, thing. Kind of moving around. No, it's not. It's, it's not. It's, it, it, is, it is passing the buck off to the volunteer that, no, the volunteer said it didn't bounce. That's why I took the relief. I don't think said she didn't see it bounce. So a lot of controversy around this. Patrick Reed finds himself in these situations all the time. I didn't like it. It's it just not how you're supposed to do things. The rules analyst on the program that CBS had was like, yeah, I don't suggest moving the golf ball. You probably should wait for the rules official to, to, to come over. Just not a good look. This is Patrick Reed finds these things. He finds himself in these situations all the time, and he has lost the benefit of the doubt here. He just has. Now you, you use these tricks all the time on the golf course. Yeah, your lie gets improved all the time. I look over, you're originally behind a tree and all of a sudden Sean's in a really nice spot, got a nice shot at the green. Yeah. That's how he beats me every time when we go right. play. Or if, you know, there's a lot of desert out here in Phoenix where we play, especially where we play. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not gonna scuff up my clubs, just kick it over to a little green stuff there. Nothing doesn't hurt anything, doesn't change the shot very much. You know, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. But listen, what else is he supposed to do? I guess he could have waited, right? Could've He's waited. supposed to do what the rules say, which is wait for the we rules official. Waited. And then if the rules official comes over and says, okay, we're going to move your ball to see if it broke, then you're you're operating in, in fairness, right? Because then the rules official told you, hey, we can do this this way to look. But if you move it already, assuming you're going to get relief, that looks a little scummy to me. It just does. It looks like you're trying to, you're trying to, you get it really change things that much. They won the tournament by this, like three strokes or stupid something. Sport. I mean, isn't there video of this, by the way, of the ball? By the way, play? there is video of it bouncing, which so I don't know why. Why don't they, they just go, go back to the, to the video? I mean, this know. is, this is a sport where it allows, you know, idiot sitting on couch, eating Cheetos with his hands down his pants to pick up his phone and go like, Hey, um, pretty sure back when you could, you know, weren't supposed to hit the, uh, the dirt in the sand trap. I'm pretty sure his club nicked a couple of grains of salt of sand there. Saw it in the slow motion video. You guys should go back and look at it. And golf would go back and look at it and punish a dude. This is that sport. This is just idiotic. And they couldn't go back to the video on this? It's ridiculous. Uh, one quick note here before we get into a new segment here. Sean's TV reviews because Sean's so, super behind on television. So he's going to update us on what he's been watching. Uh, ASU legend, Dustin Pedroia, Boston Red Sox legend, calling it a career today. Uh, mm -hmm. Announcing his retirement. He's actually going to have a press conference later on today. Uh, as we're recording this, he's going to have that press conference later on today. Uh, a, a staple there in, in Boston. Part of the reason why they won a couple of those championships up there. He is a namestay up there. Uh, he, he's an icon up there. That number will probably be retired here soon. Uh, so the career of Dustin Pedroia. It didn't end 
end probably the way that he wanted it to, but at his peak, he was one of the best second basemen in all of baseball. Only player ever to earn Rookie of the Year, Gold Glove, and MVP, along with World Series championships in his first two full seasons. Getting it done. Uh, a little confused as to why you didn't tell me to hit the 60 seconds of baseball. I'll talk about cheating. That's just that is just like you know moving your ball before the rules official gets over there. You just, just jump into mention. a you just jump into a baseball story without me hitting the 60 seconds of baseball clock. It was you just were, a quick mention. I didn't think I needed to do. It wasn't going to be 60 seconds, so I just figured I'd make a quick mention and we can move on right. to your TV review because you are now. And listen, I just want to let everybody know this is your spoiler alert. This is the warning that what Sean is about to do could potentially be spoilers. But you know what? If you haven't seen the show by this point, this is on you. Sean is now watching season two of The Mandalorian. Okay, he is. He's moved out. into. First of all, season two came out in October. It started in October and it was a weekly release and ended in December. It's now February 1st today, okay? I have no mercy for you. If you haven't watched the show at this point and you're listening to this podcast, I've given you a spoiler warning. Pause the show. Skip ahead a couple of minutes. It's on you now if you hear a spoiler. Okay, so you watch season two, episode one. And in, this is the only reason why this is on the show is because in the pre-show, I was like, dude, how about, how about a great first episode? You got the Marshall. You got Timothy Oliphant. You got the big, you kind of the big reveal at the end. And you're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what nothing. Reveal? You didn't. You didn't piece anything together with, you know, the marshal and the armor that he was wearing, the armor that the Mandalorian was looking for, and then the guy at the end, and you're like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. No idea. Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to spoil it for my friend. So while we are prepping for the show, in the background, I hear Disney <laughs> Plus being fired up because Sean is trying to go back like, to see you- the end of the episode to see what he missed, and then he put it all together that there's a pretty big reveal that uh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Boba Fett Well, I knew what out. the armor was, right? I knew what the armor was. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I, I know where that comes from. But I didn't. I didn't. I, I was maybe I was only half paying attention at the at the end of the episode after they they killed a big monster, and um, uh, and, you know, I'm like, okay, I, th- I think it's just the bad guy from last year. Turns out it wasn't. It was uh, spoiler alert. It was uh, it was Boba Fett who's. Uh, whose uh, uh, armor was in the show the whole damn time. So, yes, I, I didn't put it together. Thank you for helping me out. Onward we go to episode two. But listen. And Sean, is, and Sean has also seen the end of episode two, by the way, because Disney Plus skipped ahead to the end of episode two. So he's got a little bit of a spoiler here. Yes. The uh, three months, three months, Schubert, is not enough for you to be like, oh, you should have seen it by now. That's not enough. A year. To not have seen episode one? A year is fair. Episode, uh, episode one came out in October. A year is fair. Now, you I didn't, didn't get, spoil the end. You gave fair warning. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to do that to you. You, get, you gave fair warning on the show. We appreciate that. But a year, a year is what it is. Not three months. I'll get to it when I can get to it. It might take me till the end of the year to get to the end of this damn show. So, you know, we're no, working no, our that's way. Not gonna be, that's not going to be a good pace here for the, for the show <laughs> and the TV reviews. And we're going to do one show a year. Okay, coming up next, the Arnoble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Matt Stafford is off to L.A. What does it mean for the Cardinals standing in the NFC race? We will get into it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. It's a new month, February 1. Schubert just said it. How about a, uh, a brand new ride? New ride to go with the new month. Noble.com is where you want to go. 10,000 vehicles to check out. You know, see if there's anything out there. See if there's anything you want to you want to upgrade with. Noble Express option makes it easy. You hear us talk about it all the time. They're going to bring that ride right to your front door for you to test drive it for the day. They're going to let you fill out the financial application, deliver the new ride once the purchase is done. Noble.com is where you want to go. The Noble Express option turns the entire buying process into an absolute breeze. You can also visit the 19 Arizona locations of Earnhardt Auto Centers. 21 dealerships, 17 different brands. Feel the Earnhardt difference as soon as you walk in the door. The family-owned difference since 1951. You know what's a name you can trust. Earnhardt Auto Centers, 69-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and NoBull.com. That ain't no bull. Sean. 
Sean, there's a there's a new sheriff in town. Matt Stafford is going to be the quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams and for a, a Rams team that made the playoffs last year. I think it makes their chances to make the postseason next year even stronger. And my immediate reaction was, boy, is the NFC West a quarterback's arms race with now Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford. We know San Francisco is interested in a quarterback. I saw a rumor this morning, a report this morning, Sean, that uh, there might be a, a, a trade discussion possibility between San Francisco and Minnesota to reunite Shanahan with Kirk Cousins. So San Francisco is trying to improve at the quarterback position. They did call about Stafford. They ultimately wouldn't part with 12, according to Albert Breer, in that deal. So they are looking to upgrade a quarterback. And then you have the Cardinals, who are entering year three of Kyler Murray here in Arizona. And, and Sean, it got me thinking. They, they, this team finished, this Cardinal team finished behind the Rams in 2020. 2021 doesn't appear to be all that different. It looks like you're going to probably slot the Cardinals probably have no fault of their own and just the improvements that the other two teams have made and the fact that San Francisco is going to be healthy and probably have a better quarterback in 2021. They're slotting at the back, the end of the NFC West for me right now. And they have a big mountain to climb. Like, the, like we, we've talked about the roster moves that they're going to have to make this offseason, but just in terms of the teams in their own division, they have a major mountain to climb this season. Oh, they do. And how does the, how does the trade affect the Arizona Cardinals? I think it, it, you know, it just solidifies the Rams as maybe the favorite to win the division. So, I mean, you're, it, it just makes that hill a little bit higher that you're talking about. Um, you know, Seattle won 12 games last year. They'll be back and, 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 and be a contender to win the division. The Rams, I think, will be the favorite. And it's going to be interesting to see what the 49ers do. I mean, the six-win team last year, but it's a six-win team that was, I mean, decimated from injuries from the start of the season all the way through. They were uprooted from their – remember, they had to play here, uprooted from mm-hmm. their homes – uh, for the final four games of the year, it was a team that just had to had everything going against it, and they you know, they were six and ten. They were two games away from uh, from where you sit at eight and eight, and they beat you late in the year with a backup quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I kept you know last towards the end of the year when the Cardinals had those two frustrating losses to both the 49ers and the Rams. You know, I said, how can I take you seriously going into next season if you're three and twelve against teams with winning records, and you can't win within your own division? That still stands right now. That, that, that may even be getting larger at this point because the 49ers beat you late with a backup quarterback when you had to have one. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be more talented of a roster. Uh, the Rams and Seahawks, you can say the exact same things about. So, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. The Arizona Cardinals, I think, going into next year, barring something crazy happening, will, if you're, if you're on paper, putting the divisions together, yes, give me the Rams – Seahawks and 49ers can be two or three wherever you feel like putting them. And the Arizona Cardinals, unfortunately, are going to be more than likely predict to finish dead last in that division. It's not a knock saying the Arizona Cardinals are a terrible football team. It's just the reality of your over, of your overall division. Um, and if you have to look at these three teams, which one has the most question marks about the talent they're bringing to the table next season? Seahawks, Rams, 49ers, or Cardinals? It's, the, it's, it's by far the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and then I think after them, I would say Seattle has the most question marks with the way that they finished this past season, just not looking the same as they did probably the first eight weeks of the New year. New offensive coordinator and, as well, sure. Yeah, so like I, I just think it might be a slow start for them. And, and maybe I'm putting too much stock in the 49ers bouncing back just by getting everybody healthy, right? Maybe that's a poor assumption on my part, and I should put Seattle in front of San Francisco. Uh, but I, I just think San Francisco has too much talent, and they were a team that was in the Super Bowl the, the year prior, and Early, very early on, week one, week two, 
destroyed by injuries and it derailed their whole season, right? So I, I just think, and again, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I just think they bounce back in a big way and they are in the market for a quarterback. I think that is very clear. They are going to upgrade its quarterback position and we gave the Rams a huge bump for their upgraded quarterback. I think if the 49ers upgraded quarterback as well, it puts them right in the mix in the NFC West. Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, or Cliff Kingsbury. You get what I'm, right. you get where I'm going no, here? Like I, I get it. I the get question it. marks are, I don't have any question marks about Pete Carroll. I don't have any questions so ask- about Sean McVay. I don't. I, I have very few questions about Kyle Shanahan. There's some criticism you can give him, even going back to the Super Bowl season, in terms of some situational awareness and play calling. But overall, um, he's led a team to a Super Bowl. You know, the the crowning achievement of Cliff Kingsbury as an NFL head coach so far is eight and eight. So, you know, if you're going to have questions about anybody in that division from a coaching standpoint, it's the Cardinals as well. So, again, not a major knock on the Cardinals. You're going to be playing in the NFL's best division next year. And unfortunately, you have more question marks than the other teams that are in that division. So, yeah, you're going to you're going to be slotted into that last spot next year going in. So I. I think it's fair to say that you and I are in agreement of where the Cardinals find themselves in the pecking order of not just the NFC, but the NFC West. And Sean, I have a question for you because I saw a story today and it got my mind wondering because I was reading this story and I was incredibly confused at the conclusion that was made here. ESPN put a piece together and they tiered the the, the Super Bowl timelines for all 32 NFL teams. And they're, they're t- the title is Super Bowl timelines for all 32 NFL teams who's in the mix, getting closer and years away. I will read you the tiers, okay? Hopefully you keep track of this because then I want to ask you where you think the Cardinals fit in tier-wise. And then I want to have a discussion of the teams in the tier with the Cardinals. Here are your, here are your tiers. Current contenders, on cusp, one year out, two years out, three years out, four plus years out. Those are your tiers that NFL used to tear off the timelines for Super Bowl teams. I give you that information. You say the Cardinals fit where, Sean? If everything goes right, two years. Okay, so you you are you are, you are painting a very right. rosy picture, but you are saying that they are two years out. If everything, I will goes tell right. you, you are more pessimistic than the writers of this ESPN story, and in particular Josh Weinfuss, who wrote the blurb about the Cardinals. Is that right? The Cardinals sit in the tier of one year out in this story. And here is why I have a problem with the Cardinals being in this tier. Now, they're at the back of the tier, right? They're they're listed last. But these are the teams, I'm going to read you, the teams in the same tier that is labeled still a year away. And you tell me, a little impromptu, better or not better. Okay. You tell me if you like think it. the Cardinals' chances are better or not better than this team, the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts. They're definitely not better than the Indianapolis Colts, so they can't be there, okay? Cleveland Browns. Uh, Cleveland Browns, give me the Browns all day. San Francisco 49ers. We just talked about that. Give me the 49ers. Tennessee Titans. No, Tennessee, give me Tennessee all day. Pittsburgh Steelers. Gosh, no. That is that is a really good football team. That's that they're in a year out. I think I mean if Arizona year, Cardinals. That's no. the tier. No, that see, is the tier that the Cardinals find themselves in, and that's where I have a problem with this story. You can't tell me that teams like the Colts, Titans, and Browns are all a year away, even the 49ers are a year away, and put the Cardinals in that same tier. The Cardinals have so many more problems right. than, than those teams. And to your point, Sean, if even if everything goes right, I still think they're two years away. To say, and by the way, that's the, that's what Weinfist points out that everything has to break their way in order for this to happen, right? Uh, I'll read you, I'll read you the yeah, blurb. Give me his strategy blurb. for 
Strategy for becoming a Super Bowl contender is the way it's titled. Quote, giving Kyler Murray as much help as possible. Murray is already the type of quarterback who can get a team to a Super Bowl and then win it, but he can't do it alone. Arizona has the receiver to do it in DeAndre Hopkins, but the Cardinals need to bolster the talent level at tight end, running back, and the second and third receivers. If they can do that through the draft and free agency, then the Cards could be in a good spot to make a Super Bowl run in the next year or two. And then the category of biggest X factor Cliff Kingsbury is listed. Boom. That's yeah. why I can't put them in the same tier as the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts, if they traded for Matt Stafford, Sean, if they were the team that ended up with Matt Stafford, we would be talking about them as a legitimate contender to be in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs next year. In all seriousness, that's how we would be looking at the Indianapolis Colts. I agree with that. They are literally a quarterback away. And so to, to tell me that those two teams, yeah, you put the Colts at the top of the tier and you put the Cardinals at the bottom of the tier, you're still telling me all of these teams are still a year away. There is no way the Cardinals are even close to some of the teams we talked about at the top. The Browns almost beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, Sean. They were they played a playoff game against the, the, the Chiefs in the playoffs. The, the, the Colts played playoff games. The Titans played playoff games. The Cardinals haven't played a playoff game. You can't put them on the same right. tier. Can we get to the postseason first? Well, and for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have them in the one-year-away category. But for me, they're one year away from a rebuild. Because I think Ben has one more year left in him, followed by a handful of contracts that are coming up, TJ Watt and so forth. So I think they're one year away from a rebuild. So the, the Steelers better be contenders now or after next year, they're out of that category as well. So no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. They're not. They're, it's kind of a confusing article, to be perfectly honest. Um the Arizona Cardinals. I just think though, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't. The same thing with those teams, but again, when you structure when you structure it in the way that they're structuring it with these different timelines, I, listen, I don't know what else to do, but I still think they should belong in the in the two years away. But you can't tell me that. Let's just let's just agree right now that the Cardinals are in this year away camp. You can't tell me that the Colts are the same year away that the Cardinals are. Right. That's where I have an issue with a tier like this. Those two teams are not the same. Well, right, the uh, Titans and the Cardinals are not the same. And listen to the teams in the getting closer two years away, two years away, getting closer category. They're, this feels much more where it should. The Miami Dolphins, the Chargers. The I, would take the, I would take the Dolphins and the Chargers over the Cardinals right now. The Cowboys. I the, would take the Cardinals over the Cowboys. Vikings. The kind of the feels where they're at. The yeah, but that's you that's know? they should and be the, they should be kind of right in that conversation, right? And then on the on the the next tier, they call it on the upswing. They kind of fit here too. So maybe back half of two years out, and top side of the upswing because the Las Vegas Raiders are on the upswing, the Panthers are on the upswing, the the, the Washington Football Team. That kind of feels where they should be. You know what I mean? That 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 Raiders, Carolina, Miami or Minnesota. That that that's the area that the Arizona Cardinals should be at. So no, I agree. Sean, with you. it stunned me. It stunned me when with I you. saw where they were on the chart. And I figured I needed to bring this up on the ESPN. show to get your com, reaction to it. Super Bowl timelines yeah. for all 32 NFL teams. Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I read, read, read the whole story. They, they talk about the methodology. They talk about everything that goes involved, and they give you breakdowns on all the teams. So it's a really great story. But it just stunned me where the Cardinals were because they kept scrolling. That's what I do when when they have these lists. I'm like, okay, where are the Cardinals? Right? You know, is this going to be something that we should talk about on the show? And on sure the enough, cusp. when they were in the year away, I was like, oof, man, year away. I think that's being generous, and that's why I wanted to phrase it to you where you would put them, and you said two, and I thought you would yeah, be a generous. two years, so. I, and I, I think I am too, because two years from now, you're hoping for Kyler Murray to continue to grow. Probably more so you're well, hoping Two for, feels better than one. It you does. Know? Like, two feels right. It so feels like that gives them enough time to yeah, build this. You're hoping for Kyler to take another step. You're definitely hoping for Cliff Kingsbury to really settle in as a head coach in the National Football League. You know, I want to see how this whole free agent period this year, this is a really kind of, 
this is a fork in the road type off season for the Arizona turning Cardinals. Point. Like I, I don't, point, yeah, like I don't know if fans are really realizing just this is a fork in the road. This is a we're gonna go sweeping changes, talking GM, coach, and everything else could be out kind of road. Or if they this miss is, the playoffs next year, I think both are gone. Yeah, uh, or I don't or this is a hey, they were able to piecemeal something together free agent wise. They hit on a couple of draft picks and okay, now they're back in the mix again. Right. But this is an off season. You know, again, eight and eight feels nice. Feels better, right? Hey, it's three, three wins better. It feels nice. But when you put context to it, still three and twelve against teams with winning records over the course of the last two years. They uh, they improved by three games, but they played a significantly easier schedule. And now we, we keep talking about it. The issues and bringing back just your own talent from last year is going to be a problem. So this is a fork in the road type off season for the Arizona Cardinals. One way is going to lead towards sweeping changes. The other way might give you a little bit more optimism a little bit more hope but i'll tell you what that is a very 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 fine line you're going to fall on one yes. side or the other yes and and i think that the the side in which they 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 figure this out and they put themselves on the right course i think it just starts to open that window right i don't think that yes. super bowl window gets opened you know this season i think right. you start to open it with this season and, and and sean listen i'll wrap this back up to the, the story we talked about on the top one of the teams in your division got infinitely better over the weekend Right, they got they got a lot better with the addition of Matt Stafford over Jared Goff at quarterback. Your move, and I know this isn't a game of keeping up with the Joneses, but your move, Cardinals. Right, you missed the playoffs last year. You were the team that didn't make the playoffs. What moves are you making in order to make your team? Yeah, better? but it is it is a it's, a it's been a situation of keeping up with the Joneses since the hire of Cliff Kingsbury, because again, don't kid well, they're yourself. Behind they're, they're very don't behind kid that yourself one. and give me any other reason as to why he was hired besides Sean McVay's success and Kyle Shanahan's success. That's the only reason the outside-the-box thinking was even remotely accepted. So it has been a keeping up with the Joneses situation for the Arizona Cardinals for two years now. And you're right. right. They and, haven't been and, keeping up. So, uh, this, again, this offseason, major fork in the road, I think, for this franchise. Yeah, it's going to be a major turning point, and we're going to be here uh, chronicling it all along the way to see what they do to build out the 2020 version of this team. Sean, coming up next on the program, MLB about two weeks away from getting things started, and it doesn't appear like the union and the league are on the same page. as 2020, once again, a preview of things to come. We'll get into it next here on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, have to tell you about our partners over at Manscaped. And gentlemen, Valentine's Day is upon us. Make sure you are ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Two million men already trusting Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you are one of them. The Perfect Package 3.0, led by the revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, advanced skin-safe technology, the cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents and we all want to uh, reduce those in our life also waterproof prevents that mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink and let's be real we've smelled uh, the worst down there before you got the crop preserver the crop reviver uh, these products keep our boys from sweating smelling and sticking they got the brand new refined cologne signature scent that you've heard me talk about and that's the same signature scent that's in all of manscape formulas the cologne is the perfect complement to that perfect package 3.0 go over to manscape.com check out all the products Pick out what you like. And if you use the promo code NOBULL when you check out, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping. That's promo code NOBULL, manscaped.com. You will get 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. All right, Schubert. You got yourself. Yes, sir. Um, no, 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 this is not, no, full segment here. This is not an in the lead, pro no, full segment of, of, of baseball here. Full segment, full block, 10, 12 minutes. We're going to discuss yeah, I thought you were just. Here. 
All right. No, All right. no, no, no. Not a 60 second. That's not, you save that for in the lead, Sean. That's an in the lead gimmick. We don't do that here. Please, please. This is a this is a big. So you're telling me I got to you tell me I got to talk more than 60 seconds of baseball. You do. You have to talk. It more is Super than Bowl week, seconds. Schubert. Super Bowl week. I understand. I understand that, but I don't know if you've been following some of the, th the happenings in baseball, so I'll try to uh, to sum it up here for you. But uh, the union and the league aren't getting along, and I don't know if this is you know uh, this is new to everybody, but we've kind of been doing this for a little while. If you remember last year, there was a big disagreement when the when Major League Baseball delayed the start of the season, and they needed to come up with what they were going to do. Uh, they didn't know if they were going to have fans in the ballpark. They knew for uh, at least the beginning part of the year they were not. They needed to come up, come up with how many games they were going to play, how the players were going to get paid. It got ugly, right? We we talked about it, Sean. You and I did a radio show talking about the, the March agreement that got agreed to that caused all of these problems and, and how it kind of spitballed from there. It was a long year in terms of the union and the, and, the, and the league being on the same page. Well, this year, similar situation. We kind of have a better understanding of how all of this works, but the league knows that it's going to be really difficult to pack, to pack stadiums. You're not going to get full ballparks. You don't know what local restrictions are going to be in terms of how many people you're going to be allowed to have in the building. So the finances on this are extremely important. And if the players are going to get paid 162-game salary, right, if they're going to get their per-game rate for 162 games, the owners have to figure out what the revenue is going to be. So there's a back and forth here. Now, either way, if the union tells the league to kick rocks, which is exactly what they are reportedly going to do today, the league is going to start in two weeks. Right, spring training is going to start in both Florida and in Arizona, unless the local governments there tell them thanks but no thanks, stay at home, which I don't think Arizona and Florida are, are, are top of my list of states that I feel in which that would uh, that would occur. They're going to start. But the league, is, is it tried to come to the union with a proposal of 154 games, and they were going to have expanded playoffs, universal DH. They were going to have all some of the similar things that we saw last year, and they were going to push the start of the league back by a month. Can we talk about that real quick? Because oh, I completely understand the expanded playoffs from 10 to 14 teams. More television revenue, balance out some of the loss, right? Completely sure. get it, especially when you're cutting games again. I don't know what cutting eight games is going to do, but okay, whatever. Well, that's been my thing. You're going to delay a month and move eight games on the schedule. It feels like a weird... But here's here's why here's why we got news the other day that the, the MLBPA had declined the expanded playoffs and, and the inclusion of the designated hitter. Um, extended to the National League for the second straight year. Well, they already shot that down. I think the I think you know a r realistic conversation you can understand if you're the Major League Baseball Players Association. We need the expanded playoffs because we need the revenue coming in. Okay, but the fact that Major League Baseball keeps trying to force the designated hitter rule with it, it does that doesn't help anything. You know that doesn't that's not helping with revenue. That's not helping to counteract some of the losses that you've had. It's just simply Major League Baseball trying to force something in that they've wanted to get in for a while now. So if you're the can PA, I you, can I give you the counter argument? If you're the PA, you're like, what do you what does that have to do with making up revenue? And, and 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 I hear both sides of this argument, so I understand what I'm about to say isn't necessarily popular amongst a lot of people. But if you add the if you add the DH to the National League, that is a new position that needs to be filled, right? So if you are a prospective DH, if you're a Nelson Cruz, if you're a Marcelo Zuna, to give you two examples of guys who are more DH types that are free agents right now, your market is immediately cut in half before you even do anything. Only 15 teams are interested in your services because they don't trust your defense. They they want you to be a DH. Well, by having the DH in both leagues, it opens up opportunities because th those teams in the National League need to fill those spots. Now, some teams already have guys on their roster that they feel could be good DHs. Most so it doesn't probably necessarily do. It doesn't necessarily create 
create new jobs, like I've heard a lot of people in baseball say, but it does create a more robust market. And I think that's what MLB is trying to sell the union on, is that it creates a better market for these players. Now, the issue that the players have in particular with this deal, and by the way, it would be a 154-game schedule that would pay the players their 162-game salary. The issue that the players have, and, and trust me, they have a list of them, their big issue is they think the way that this is written, the language in which this agreement is written, gives Rob Manfred the unilateral power at any point to start canceling games. So if an outbreak happens on a team, he can start shortening the schedule. And the players don't like that because if you shorten the schedule, then then that, that, that lowers the amount of money that these players are going to be getting because they're going to get prorated amounts based on how many games get played. We saw that battle play out with the 60-game season last year. Guys only got 60 games worth of their 162-game uh, pay. That's the concern. That's why they told they're going to uh, tell the, the the league to kick rocks today. But Sean, at the end of this year, the current collective collective bargaining agreement is is as good as a coaster. Okay, it means nothing. It, it doesn't exist. It expires, and we are going to have a labor dispute. And I've talked about this. You have heard me scream from the mountaintops about this. That there is going to be a crisis in Major League Baseball. These two sides do not get along. They do not give each other even the slightest bit of ground. They do not find any sort of common ground to work together from. I think we are we are. We are teetering, and we are moving very close towards a lockout. And we have not seen this happen in sports in a really long time. When was the last one? The NFL won in 2012. But it didn't hit it games. Last... Yeah. Right. I think this one teeters on spring training and, and, and games being played next season because I just, Sean, they can't agree on this, man. They can't agree on this. This is where, I know you hate me saying this, but I bring it up all the time, a structured salary cap type. They have a salary cap, and, I, you, and, I, and every time you I know this, you keep I will saying that, respond, but they do have a this salary is what cap. it really boils down to, and 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 not necessarily the cap, but the floor that's not included. You know what I mean? That that's what this, and that's the reason why, and that's the reason the luxury tax isn't a cap, so there isn't a floor, but yes. the owners treat it like a cap. Correct. It's kind of this wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Nobody sure. go over. But you, but thing. the main the main major issue last year, if I remember correctly, was prorated salaries or not prorated salaries, or you know, and with, there's just. I see what the players are getting at. Obviously, you know, let's we we could go full Blake Snell, and I'm not playing unless I get mine um, from last year, which is my favorite quote of 2020. But um, the, um, the you know, from the owner's perspective, there's still incredible uncertainty. You got you got to protect mm-hmm. yourself. You know, I get it. Like it is what it is. So I, I agree with you. I think we're heading towards a I think we're heading towards a labor dispute. Like for instance, here, here's where the NFL right now is 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 able to 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 move forward and not have these type of issues. They have the salary cap like a, like a legitimate real salary cap which includes the salary floor. So they were able to agree on a salary floor for this upcoming season of 175 million dollars. Players are okay, that's fine. We know we're not going below that. Sucks, but it is what it is. Major League Baseball doesn't have that. And that's that's where they that's why, you know, you get the Blake Snells last year thinking psh, you're going to pay me for 60 games? I'm going to get 60, 60 games worth of my contract? Like, no, thank you. You know, that, that's that's where the salary floor needs to be. I, I think it's really where it really can be beneficial. And and I can understand Rob Manfred's position. He's got to defend the owners. He has to do what's, you know, the, he's hired by them, right? He represents them. And they they will point to the revenues being down, not having attendance. By the way, they, they just signed a new record-breaking uh you know, playoff TV right. deal at the beginning of last season. So it's not like they're hurting for money. So I get it. I understand his position and what he has to defend. And I understand the players saying, listen, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm not giving Rob Manfred the power to cancel games because then that cuts into my paycheck. But Sean, this all boils back to, to something that I think is at the root of all this. There is so much distrust from both sides. It's built up animosity. They don't, 
they yeah. don't think the other one is acting in good faith. And I don't want to. I don't want to say I, I, both sides are being conspiratorial because th I think that's a little bit of a bigger word than what's happening here. But both sides thinks that the other side is out to get them, right? And that's a really tough place to be when you have to rip up and negotiate a brand new CBA, right? That's a really tough place to be. And guess what? I can't blame the players for thinking that based on the way last year went. Right and the way the way some of the things have gone in the past, I can't blame the owners and Rob Manford for 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 sitting in the position that Rob Manford is in and and kind of digging their heels in the ground. I get it. Both sides have to try to find a good deal for themselves, but there is so much distrust. Somebody has to be the person that breaks through. Yeah, breaks and through. So this. I don't know who it is. I think it's somebody outside right now. I don't think it's Tony Clark, and I don't think it's Rob Manford. I think it needs to be somebody that is completely removed from this, that gets airdropped in and figures out what, where the place is, where is the spot that they can agree is there a common ground, and then work from there. I mean, to me, it just sounds like they have to. They need to find a salary floor that they both agree with. That, that's what that's that's. I mean, you just said because listen, everything that they laid out, Major League Baseball. Okay, you're cutting off eight games. Okay, whatever. Expanded playoffs. That's probably good for a lot of teams and a lot of players. The DH added to the NL. Okay, I know the Major League Baseball Players Association doesn't want it, uh, but you know it, it. Deal with it for one year is not the end of the world. The um. The, now, uh, am I wrong about this? Are they going to experiment with these seven inning double headers again, and the the extra innings with a player on second and that whole thing again? Is that on that's yeah, on the table? Listen, I, I will plead ignorance here. There is a lot of, a lot of noise a lot, about this. Right, okay. Because they're trying, because, so Sean, and I said this at the top, right now, in two weeks, baseball is being played. Right. This, this agreement that they're trying to come to would change the rules for this season, but Rob Manford hasn't stepped in and said, we're not operating under the rules that are currently in place, right? This would just be a change to the current rules. Mm -hmm. So I, I, there's so much stuff out there of, oh, they, they're going to put this in a deal, they're going to put this in a deal, that I'm just not sure. I don't, I think, I think, that seven inning double headers are back for this year, and that 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 twelfth inning rule with an extra person on second base is a thing for this year. But I also could be mistaken, and that also could be a part of the latest proposal. So I just want to make it clear: I'm not sure. entirely sure on but that because there's again, just so much. If the, if the biggest issue is simply players worried that Manfred and Major League Baseball have the ability to uh, prorate a lower salary, then just put a salary floor. Just come to an agreement there. You know that that's it, it seems it seems fairly easy. To me, to be perfectly honest, come to a number that 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 works for both of you. Now, if you can't come to that number, I get it, but it feels like that's where the negotiation needs to happen. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are again. It feels like a yearly occurrence. Two weeks out, and we're wondering if we're going to get baseball on time. Yeah, listen. In two weeks, players are supposed to report to spring training, uh, pitchers and catchers report, and, and this all gets started. And we'll see. By the way, I did, I did some reading while you were talking there. It, I I think now I'm going to change my statement. I think seven inning doubleheaders and the runner at second base would be in any new agreement that gets signed. Gotcha. Uh, any agreement that the two sides come to to, to rework uh, for this year. We'll see if there's a deal. And, and then listen, I need somebody to tell me. Okay, how many games are we playing? Are we playing 162? Are we playing 154? Are we doing the DH? Are we doing the expanded playoffs? Because I need to know, right? We all need to know what 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 the rules of engagement are for the rest of the season and we'll see they're going to try to figure this out and it, it's just it's a mess and i think this is only the beginning i think this is going to get worse before it gets better i think the the next off season is going to yeah. be firestorm do yourself a favor enjoy super bowl week put this off to next week man come on it's super bowl week we have two more shows this week. No more of this long-form crap about depressing baseball issues. It's Super Bowl week. We can get to this on Monday. I, I mean, that's what that's what with. that's what the Major League Baseball and the PA did last year when they were actually in the middle of a negotiation and there was a holiday week and they're like, oh, we'll just get to this until Monday. Remember that garbage? So we can do the same me. here. We can do the same. We're going to enjoy the Super Bowl week. We'll talk about that on Monday. 
I thought you were going to hit me with Schubert. You're way over your 60 seconds. We got to move this way show, over, by the way. Yeah, that's way over. Yeah, so 2021 uh, baseball season is going to be fun, and then the 2022 offseason is going to be just a blast. I can't I can't wait for it. So if, if anything happens here the rest of this week, I'm sure they're taking the week off for the Super Bowl as well. So I don't think we'll, we'll, we'll get anything until next week uh, at the early, earliest. That's going to do it for us here. Time is up. Come on. Let's go. That is going to do it for us here on the Monday edition of No Bull with Chris Cressman and Simone. Sean's laughing at himself because he thinks he thinks he had he made a good joke there. That's really ha-ha, funny, funny. You can follow the show on Twitter at No Bull underscore podcast. We post the shows there each and every day. A lot of social media stuff there as well. Follow the YouTube channel, No Bull Podcast. Follow us on Facebook as well. That's where No Bull Live is. Uh, you, you can expect that every Sunday, even when football's over. We'll still be doing No Bull Live on Sunday, Sean and I, uh, giving you all the sports breakdown from over the weekend. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean on Twitter at S. Crespin02. By the way, Sean, real quick here before we get out of here. Day 15, down the magical 1313 pounds. Another round of applause for you. Thank here, you, sir. Man. Revitalizedweightloss.com. Just uh, proud yeah. of you, man. You're doing, you're doing, you're yep. doing well. Again, all natural foods, too. I'm enjoying it. You know, as soon as we hang up here, I'm about to go down and grab the uh, – I made a little beef spaghetti-type meal that's delicious. Uh, but, you, I mean, all real foods, no shots, no, no hormones, none of that stuff, no pills, uh, just all real foods, a plan built for you. And, uh, yeah, revitalizedweightloss.com guarantees at least 20 pounds in 40 days. I'm at day 15 and already at 13. So you do the math. That is going to do it for us here on the program. I hope everybody has a great start to their week. We will talk to you on Wednesday.